Hey everyone, welcome to Homeschooling the Final Years Facebook, Instagram, live Q&A. I'm Dorinda Wilson. I'm married to Daryl. We've been married for almost 32 years. We have eight kids, ages 16 to 30. We have graduated seven of these kids. We have homeschooled all of them from the beginning. So I'm a veteran homeschooling mom of over 25 years. Also a Nana to baby number seven coming in September. And I am the author of The 4-Hour School Day. This is a new book that was recently published, actually released last week. And uh, But today we're going to be talking about the final educational years. Um, that's going to be about 7th to 12th grade. And I have a list of questions that moms sent me. And I will try to answer the questions that you have towards the end of the broadcast, but I want to address the ones that were already sent to me first. Um, if you leave a comment during this broadcast or a question, you have a chance to win a free signed copy of my brand new book, The 4-Hour School Day. At the end of our time here today, I will choose a winner. So this brand new book, The 4-Hour School Day, launched a week ago, and it is now available just about anywhere that books are sold. I encourage you to go and check it out. I've already gotten amazing feedback from moms who have actually already read it. Um, using words like calming, reassuring, peaceful. Uh, this book is for the parent who's already homeschooling, the parent who's thinking about it, the parent who just started. So it kind of covers the whole gamut. And I think you're going to be super encouraged by it. So please go check it out. If that kind of thing feels right to you, um, again, check out that book and subscribe to my website because here's the deal. I provide weekly encouragement and prayer for all my subscribers along with a once a month live mentoring meeting via Zoom where you can ask questions and be encouraged. It's free. And I'd love for you to be part of this amazingly supportive group of moms by subscribing to DorendaWilson.com. You'll find my podcast on all major platforms and at my website, the Dorinda, there we go. Here we go. The Dorenda Wilson podcast. <laughs> all right. So high school can feel scary. And intimidating, right? We, we all know that, but I'm convinced that we do not need to be fearful. Now, obviously, I'm speaking from hindsight. Going into it, I was nervous like most moms are, but I was determined, like we're going to do this. So there are as, the bottom line is that there are as many ways to educate as there are fingerprints. That's what John Taylor Gatto said, and he's absolutely right. Um, never before have there been so many options as well for trade school, online classes, online certifications. I'm telling you guys, the sky is the limit when it comes to how our kids want to prepare for the future. So through the high school years, one of the best things we can do is hone in on our kids' interests, gifts, etc., without putting unnecessary pressure on them to make a decision like a final permanent decision. Now, some of them will, but many won't. I, I'm convinced that most do not, and that's okay. That's a very young age to be making that decision. But we can help our kids tremendously by um, giving them experiences, exposure to as many possibil possibilities as we can. We have to remember that college is not the only path to success. So don't chain your kids to a college-bound expectation if it very well may not be the best fit for them or the fastest way to get where they want to go, right? My husband describes it as taking the bus versus taking a jet, okay? So for him, he has his bachelor's degree in business administration. And looking back, um, he says he would have only taken, um, you know, just your basic accounting classes and some really fundamental classes. And, and he would have invested in real estate if he could go back and do it over again. So, you know, it's interesting to hear his perspective. Um, he did it. He got the diploma. He actually never needed it or the degree. He'd actually never needed it for anything. He did work for the bank 
uh, Bank of America when it was Bank of America for um, a couple of years. And he, he hated it. And he went back to doing what he had learned how to do in high school, which was to carve waxes, uh, creating custom jewelry. And that's what he has basically done our entire marriage. And that's how he supported our family of 10. So, um, and you know, it sounds like a really grandiose job, but it's actually not. It's piecework and uh, it's very detailed. And he had to, he had to work a lot to, to make it work, but we did it. God was faithful. Um, and it was something he loved doing. So he's doing something else now as he heads into retirement, he's, we're doing vacation rentals. So anyway, um, we have to remember that on average, a person, um, the average person makes eight career changes throughout their life. That's the statistic right now. So your child may decide to do something right now and they may do it for a while and then decide to change to something else. And that's okay. But what we're wanting to do right now is we're wanting to, if they're in junior high, we want to, we're wanting to start like preparing them and moving towards that high school experience. And when they're in high school, we want to really work towards um, final ownership of everything they're doing and helping them have as many experiences as they can, uh, just a variety of experiences. Hopefully they've had several already up to this point because that's the beauty of homeschooling. We can start that at an early age, but maybe starting to hone in on some real specific things and giving them more experiences in that area. I remember I allowed our, um, allowed, I, <laughs> I suggested to our son who wanted to become a physical therapist um, that maybe he should job shadow first to see if he liked it. We're so glad we did that because here's what ended up happening. He went, he was pretty convinced that he wanted to do this. He was super excited about it. He goes, he job shadows, he walks away, he says, I don't want to do that. And I said, why is that? He said, I thought I was going to spend 80% of my time helping people, um, working with patients, et cetera, but instead it's 80% paperwork and I don't want to do that. So imagine had he gone straight to college, never really knew that that was the case, and then spent you know all this money on college started the job and realized he hated it, right? We we want to keep that from happening with our kids. And so we're that's why we're here. We're walking alongside of them. Um we're not we're not forcing them into anything, but we are coaching them along the way. We're cheering them on. We're giving our input, but we're letting them make some decisions and and move forward with some of the things that they're actually interested in. So, um even though Okay, so the one thing that we need to understand too is in this fast-paced culture, our kids need more than just information. They need more than just the checklist. They need motivation, passion, and perseverance. And hopefully that's already been uh, begun to be instilled in them throughout the elementary years. So if you've got elementary age kids, be listening in because this is a great way to prepare them for junior high, high school, and beyond. They need to be able to set goals and meet them. So when they're younger, it's short goals, right? Um, but really the older they get more towards that junior high and high school, they need to be able to set goals and meet them and even figure out how to meet them. Like we can help them with that. We can walk alongside them, but we should not lay out the entire plan. We need to involve them in the process because that gets the, their brains thinking that direction, problem solving, critical thinking, all of that. And it is all in regards to their future and the things that they want to do. So they need to be able to set goals and meet them. They also need to own what they're doing. And hopefully you've been encouraging ownership all along the way. I talk about this in the four-hour school day, how important it is for them to own what they're doing. I talk about nurturing independent learners and about ownership a lot because it's really, really important, especially when we get to this stage of the game. So even though, um, as most of you know, most of you know me and you know that I'm always encouraging parents to keep purpose over performance. That's why I've always encouraged sort of an unhurried approach. <clears throat> um, but keep purpose over performance in the forefront of your minds. Sorry, my throat's getting dry. In the forefront of their minds as they walk out their home's education journey. So we want to have purpose as our, our number one goal. Now, sometimes to meet a purpose, to fulfill a purpose, to head towards a purpose, we have to perform. That is true. That does happen along the way. But we need to keep things in order. We need to keep purpose behind what we're doing. Um, but it can be easy to let fear keep us from enjoying these last 
years with our kids. But the truth is that keeping purpose at the forefront of our mind, uh, that should not change through the middle school and high school years, even though purpose may take on a bit of a different look. So heading towards that purpose and having purpose, may that process towards that may look differently than it has in the younger years. So what do I mean by that? Because our kids are becoming more mature developmentally by this stage of the game, we need to be sure that we're encouraging them to grow and learn to their fullest abilities. We want them to experiment. We want them to catch a vision for their future. That doesn't mean they have to know exactly what they're ultimately going to do, but we're encouraging them to set goals and try things, right? Even if the main goal of their high school years and they don't really know what direction they want to go, even if that main goal is earning their high school diploma. That is a worthy goal, okay? We want our kids to progressively own more and more of their lives and their decisions, including their education. So our role as homeschooling parents is transitioning to even more of a coaching role, which means that we're going to have to be prayerful and watchful as to when to help our kids steer one way or another and when to take our hands off the wheel. Okay, it's it's kind of something you have to feel out. You have to know your child. You have to be in the situation, but be watching for those opportunities to take your hands off the wheel. Um, that's encouraging ownership. And of course, this is a process. They don't fully own it in junior high, right? We're hoping by the time they get into high school or at least a year or two into it, that they at some point in that process fully embrace it. Okay. Um, If we want our kids kids to own what they're doing, that means that we are going to have to let go of some things and let our kids run with them, even if we think they may fail. We always say at our house, a failure is not a failure if you learn from it, right? We can teach our kids resilience through failure, and maybe your kid will surprise you and they won't fail, and maybe it'll be a huge success, or at the very least, y'all are going to learn something from it, right? So let's just say it falls flat or appears to have fallen flat. That's a great opportunity to talk to your child and to say, okay, so what do you think went wrong here? How would you do things differently? Um, You know, what would you do instead? Get them thinking in terms of problem solving instead of being bogged down with feeling like a failure. So this is all part of this process, the process during this stage of the game. Since our kids are actually becoming more and more capable, we want to be intentional while also allowing for some trial and error or experimenting. Kind of like trying on, um, uh, what do you call it? Trying on outfits in the store, right? Sometimes you see an outfit on the rack and you're like, that is going to look amazing on me. And then you go into the the, uh, changing room and you put it on and you're like, boy, I was wrong on that one. So never mind. I'm going to leave that. Um. Or you try it on and you go, I think, I think this is a good fit. I'm not really sure. I kind of need to wear it for a while and then I'll know. Okay. Um, and then other times you put it on and you go, oh my goodness, this fits perfectly. This is absolutely meets my needs. It looks good on me. So this, this is kind of the thinking that we can go into this with. Um, the beauty of allowing our kids the opportunity to have trial and error and experiment Um, is that they get to do so while they are still under our care and our guidance and our support. We're still there for them um, to encourage them and to make suggestions if they need them. Um, We're there to support them. I mean, what other time in their lives will they be able to try things out without having to be concerned about paying bills or supporting a family or trying to hold down another job? while they experiment, right? We're giving them an opportunity of a lifetime. And this process, I feel like, starts at the beginning of the final years, which is seventh and eighth grade. So for our family, seventh and eighth grade brought with it the clear expectation that they would continue to grow in ownership of their lives and their education. And what that looked like for us was giving them the choice to include or not include a science curriculum or a history curriculum because we didn't do um, a structured science or history course kindergarten through sixth grade. I gave them the option to do this, to start this in seventh and eighth grade if they wanted to. So 
I gave them the freedom to make that decision while reminding them that they would have to be more intentional in those subjects in high school, which would more than likely require a curriculum, a class, a course, or something. But I made sure that they knew that the reasoning behind this was twofold as they went into high school, that one, they would be mature enough to handle a heavier workload workload developmentally. Um, they're ready for it by the time they get in high school or or shortly thereafter. And I set that seed in their mind ahead of time so that when they got there, they expected themselves to do that. And, and the second goal was that they were earning the diploma. I was not going to earn this for them. I was not going to nag them into it. I was not going to drive them. I was going to encourage them and be there for them as a resource, help them choose how they wanted to meet these credits. But ultimately, it was their deal. I wanted them. And I told them this. When you are handed that diploma, your senior, at the end of your senior year, I want you to be proud of yourself. I want you to know that you earned that. Mom didn't do it for you. Mom didn't earn it for you. She didn't make you do it. You chose it and you did it. And, you know, there's something about setting that goal before them and casting that vision for them that motivated them to step up their game. And if they didn't do it in seventh to eighth grade, then for sure they did it in high school. And for some reason, this just worked well with every one of our kids. Each one rose to the occasion, some earlier, some a little later, but the important thing was that they actually did it, right? And that, again, wheels back around to purpose. We want to keep purpose at the forefront of our minds. So one of the things that uh, really stands out in my mind is to ask ourselves, why and who says? Okay, those are two really good questions. People say, your child has to go to college to be successful. It is the only career path. It's the only path to uh, success. My question is, why? Why do you say that? And who says? Right? Who says that? Well, more than likely, often it is people who are um, educators. They do it for a living. This is they eat, breathe, and sleep the educational system, right? We know that we don't do that as homeschoolers, right? We have purpose. And we know that God has a purpose and a plan for our lives. He has a purpose and a plan for our kids' lives. And we want to be true to that. We don't owe an explanation to anyone else about these choices that we make. We need to make this decision. Um, If we're married, we make it with our husband and our child. If not, we team up with our child. Either way, we include the child in the process. Let them make some of these decisions. So be honest, straightforward with your kids. We told our kids, we don't, we don't care what you do for a living as long as it's legal. Um, we just want you to love what you're doing. We want you to be happy doing what you do. We want you to do something that you feel good about, that you feel strongly about, that you feel like God has led you to do something you're made for. Um, and, you know, it takes time sometimes to figure that out. And um, I have some podcasts on navigating the post-homeschool years because some kids don't go to college. Um, I, I feel like college is great if you know why you're going. If there's a purpose, we told all of our kids, if what you want to do requires college, if you, if you want to be a doctor, you have to go to college. If you want to be a lawyer, you have to go to college, right? That's just, there is no other option. You have to have that diploma. But there are so many areas of, of work that you don't need that where you can get it other ways. You can do things online. You can, it's just the the sky's the limit. I I don't even want to go off on all that because I'll never make it to the questions. But uh, truly, there are so, there are more options than ever. So now is the time to be as um, courageous as ever and and not have to be, we can be as, uh, what is it, As, as little afraid as possible. I don't know if I worded that right. But we have less and less and less reason to be afraid. Because um, so many, there are so many paths to success. And so if we can tell our kids that, if we can tell them, hey, look, the sky's the limit. We can do this um, in a way that works for you. And that means we've got to do our research. They may have to do their research. You're going to have to reach out to resources. Um, and, you know, uh, like I mentioned before, I've got a podcast coming up, a two-part series coming up with Lisa from True North Academy, and she's got a lot of great things to say about high school, and I've got other high school podcasts um, on my podcast. So I should just dive into these questions because that's really what you're going to want to know, right? So here's the first question. 
Here's my question for the upcoming high school podcast. If I, I will have a freshman in the fall, a girl, but we have four other younger children under her, boys ages 11, 9, and 7, and then a three-year-old girl. How did you handle the different age categories when it came to high school? Did you separate your high schooler out completely, then do something different with your younger ones, or did you have the high schooler participate in the content subjects like history, science, etc., with the rest of the family? I'm noticing my daughter really pulling away from the younger group, not because she doesn't love her siblings, but just because she is at a much different level of work than them. Should I strive to keep the kids together as much as possible or separate out the high schooler with her own work in every subject? Okay, so obviously this is going to look different for every family, but my tendency is to say that this is natural. Your teen um, is pulling away because she is advancing, and that's exciting. This is something we want to celebrate. It might make our mom heart just a little bit sad, but we can't afford to be overly sentimental during these years, okay? We don't want to hold our kids back. We don't want to push them, but we also don't want to hold them back. And so if she is naturally doing this, I feel like that's what you need to do is just allow that to go ahead and happen naturally. And I think this is something we need to remind ourselves of as homeschooling moms. What is happening naturally in my family? Am I fighting something that's got a natural, that our family has a natural bent towards or is heading towards? And you know what? It's okay to go with that, okay? Unless it's causing uh, if it's if it's causing if it's wreaking major havoc, it's not going to be a natural bent. But you know those things that are just kind of like, okay, well, this seems to be working better for our family, but it doesn't fit the box. It's okay. We've got to learn to think outside the box. So we can be sad. It's okay. We can have those emotions, but let's not be overly sentimental in to the degree that we're holding our child back or making them feel guilty. I'm not saying you're doing that, but I'm just saying we don't want to hold our kids back. Um, because this is such an exciting time for them. And we want to encourage them in that. We want to say, look, you, I can see you maturing. I can see you doing these things on your own and independently. And I'm so proud of you for having these goals and for taking this work and doing it on your own. And, uh, you know, those are just ways we can speak life. Um, someone says with the older daughter, maybe ask her if she'd like to stay involved in some way. Yeah, I think that's a really good idea, Sarah. Um, that is a good idea. But what I was pulling from her question is that she's naturally um, really pulling away. It says she's really pulling away on her own. And so, but I think a double check is a really good idea. Just double check with her, make sure that's what she actually wants. So she doesn't feel like maybe she's, you know, doing it and she should, there would be no guilt involved then for you or for her. And it's really good to keep um, you know, kind of keep the air clear um, with our kids when it comes to that. You know, they're more complex the older they get, and we need to have more of those more complex conversations and involve them in the decision. Um, <clears throat> and also for our own family experience, because we didn't do formal teaching of science and history in grade school, it was very natural for us to just move on to them doing their separate thing in high school. All right, the next question is, it seems as I research high school, there are uh, these standard courses that have to be taken in order to be college prepared. And I'm troubled at the thought of chemistry, physics, and higher levels of math, not just because they're intimidating subjects, but because my daughter has no interest in them. I can see she's strongly suited to the language arts and loves reading and writing. Is there a way around these kinds of courses or do we just have to hunker down and do it if I want her to have the option of college? Okay, so first of all, the language arts, the reading and writing, there are so many things that can happen career-wise with that without a degree, okay? So that is also, that is a very real possibility, ghost writing, um, writing art. I see, uh, you know, I was just looking today on Family Life Today. Um, they, I looked at their careers that they have listed. It's very interesting, you guys. It's amazing. You can go to some of your favorite ministries and see if their career opportunities or your favorite places that you do business online and find out if there are career opportunities because there were opportunities for apprenticeships at Family Life Today. That's Isn't that the coolest thing? So this um, there was an opening for, there was a ton of openings, but there was an opening for a blog writer. So, I mean, honestly, even if she just did that for the experience and then more, it, that morphed into something paying, 
I mean, do you see what the possible, that's just a, the tip of the iceberg of what the possibilities are. But I would ask your daughter if she wants to go to college, does she have a goal in mind? Does she have a degree in mind that she feels like she really needs in order to do what she wants to do? So that's a question. This is something that I think we don't think about very much as moms, uh, homeschooling moms. I'm just going to say this really bluntly. You can never screw things up so much that your child won't get into college. Okay? If we mess something up, I mean, of course, we want to um, do the best to prepare them, but we don't want to do it at the expense of the relationship or of their joy or their passion or until they're absolutely sure that they want to go. Um, so here's the thing. They can always do recon. Here's the thing. If they decide that they want to go to college and say they're at the end of high school and they're like, you know what? I know what I want to do. I need this degree. They can take a class. They can make up for it. There, there's all kinds of options. If you've heard of CLEP testing, that's a way to get credits without actually attending the class. You can study for what's called a CLEP test. And if you pass it, it can, it can um, pass as a college credit and you don't have to take that class. Um, because some of our kids, especially homeschool kids, are more advanced when they get into college and sometimes they don't need to take every single class. It's it's actually something they've already done or experienced. And so that's another option. CLEP is spelled C-L-E-P. My friend Sarah says colleges will always figure out a way for you to be accepted and pay them money for more school. That is absolutely true. And can I just say colleges are hurting right now. They are hurting big time. They have really shot themselves in the foot, making things so expensive, insisting that everybody go right away, right out of high school. And then, um, you know, how many people do you know are working a job and they're not using their degree, right? We want something better for our kids than that, right? We want purpose. We want intention. We don't want to waste their time or our time. We want them to be intentional. And so as parents, we get to walk alongside of our kids and do that. The other thing to consider is if she does want to go to college, remember that um, you can check with the college that she wants to go to. Uh, For instance, if she wants to go to the local college or what, if she has colleges in mind, contact them, find out what their requirements are. And, you know, honestly, I, I have heard uh, more and more that colleges are actually going after homeschoolers because they are self-motivated and they they graduate, they complete, and they make their college look good, okay? I also was talking to, I think it was Lisa on the podcast, she said that I think one of her daughters applied for college and said, you know, basically, what do I need to do? And they said, oh, come over here. We have a fast track for homeschoolers. Okay, so that's starting to happen. I mean, that's been happening, but I think it's happening more and more because people cannot afford to go to college. And colleges, like I said, have shot themselves in the foot and they're they're hurting. So don't ever feel like you are going to screw things so much uh, up so much that your child can't go to college. I I don't think that's possible. Um, Again, we want to do the best we can to prepare with what we know at the time, but we don't know what we don't know, right? And that's okay. So don't expect yourself to know something that you don't know. And don't expect your child to know something that they don't know. You know, if they're like, mom, I I don't really know for sure. That's okay. We're not putting the pressure on. We're just going to keep encouraging you. We're right here for you. We're going to support you, whatever you decide. Okay. Um, Community college is great. Typically, an entrance exam is a big part of their entrance requirements. You can always, your child can always take the SAT They can study for that. They can take it. They can retake it if they want to get their score up. These are ways to get into college without, you know, without having had every single, uh, you know, I dotted and T crossed on their transcript. Um, And but we also want to remember, you know, you talk about physics and chemistry and all of that being intimidating. But sometimes exposure to those things is is, you know, it's it's appropriate. You know, sometimes our kids don't realize that they love physics till they've actually tried physics or taken a physics course. Now, I have a series that I personally love and recommend to homeschoolers for high schoolers. It's the 101 series. 
It's uh, Biology 101, physio- uh, Physics 101, Chemistry 101, and he's now just coming out with a General Science 101. This is a homeschool dad who was a college professor and taught these, ta- these subjects in college. So he knows what's important, and he keeps it to the meat of what our kids need for biology, what is a good, well-rounded program without overwhelming overwhelming them. Okay. Our kids loved his stuff. And so uh, I would highly recommend that series if you need to go down that road in high school. You guys see my cheeks are red. It is roasting in here, (laughs) but I'm going to keep going. All right. Someone um, mentioned the C.S. Lewis quote from my book. The greatest service we can do to education today is to teach fewer subjects. No one has time to do more than a very few things well before he is 20. And when we force a boy or a child to be mediocre in a dozen subjects, we destroy his standards, perhaps for life. Um, real quickly, someone just asked about the, the, the curriculum. It's the 101 series, Victoria. Um, it's called the 101 series. Physics, chemistry, biology and uh, general science coming out soon. Okay, so this mom says, I read this quote and I'm screaming at the top of my lungs. Yes, 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 I believe this to be so very, very true. There are way too many subjects going and I believe we create children that are a mile wide and an inch deep when we put too much on their plates. But um, with high school demands from the state, colleges and external pressure, my question is how? How can we manage to do fewer subjects? Okay. So first of all, are you giving your child the diploma and are they going to college for sure? Those are questions you need to ask yourself because uh, you have a lot more creative license. I believe if you're giving the diploma yourself, you can be way more creative. Um, you know, what we did was we streamlined subjects. We would do something along the lines of, you know, they're supposed to get a certain amount of reading in every day. Well, guess what? They read their history curriculum every day. So we're going to count that as reading. And they write about what they read. And so that's going to be part of uh, their meeting their writing requirements. Okay, so we can do things like that to help. And one thing I do want to encourage is to just ignore the external pressure unless it's coming from a legitimate source, from someone that you need to give an account for that you're passing, you know, your child is passing uh you're going to be passing their transcript on to that person or that organization or institution. Um, and you want to communicate clearly uh, where your child is. There needs to be some sort of measuring stick. That's what a transcript is all about. And I talk about this on the podcast I, that's upcoming. Uh, it's called Life Counts as Credit. Um, and that was another thing uh, that Lisa mentioned. She was saying that homeschool moms often don't give their kids enough credit for life experience. So, you know, like our son worked at Chick-fil-A the last two years of high school and he did all kinds, he had all kinds of skills that he was learning and ways that uh, he was growing. And we were able to count all of those towards high school credits. So we need to make sure, you know, we need to understand that if our kids want to have an experience, like he wanted to start working, that was just, That's what he really, really wanted. And so we said, okay, we can do that. You're going to finish your high school career. Obviously, you're going to keep doing math and writing and history and all that. But we're going to also count this experience that you really, really want to have. And we're going to count it towards your high school credits. Okay. This gal has 13-year-old triplets. um, And they're all very different. One wants to go into nursing. Another, she loves uh, writing and language arts. Uh, Another loves historical facts and biographies loves math, but hates writing. One's more artistic. I mean, it sounds like she got three very different kids, which, you know, surprise, surprise, right? God is a very creative God. So she's trying to work hard to keep them engaged in, uh, well, particularly the artistic one, in uh, anything text or workbook related. She puts up with the math, but she's concerned with pushing her further than uh, than seventh and eighth grade math. She's entering seventh math and starting to lose her interest and joy. Okay, so one thing at this age, um, they are more able developmentally ready to hopefully persevere. If you can cast a vision that um, it's in her best interest for her future to have at least this level of math, then hopefully potentially she'll take the bull by the horns and take ownership of what she's doing and move forward. Um, 
It's important to cast a vision to our kids about the future. And you can start doing that at this age and they get it. You know, when they're younger, they don't get it as much, okay? Or even at all. Okay, so um, I would say really important math, consumer math. I All of our kids, even the ones who did higher level math, well, except for one, um, because he was really good at math, um, when he got into real life, he handled, you know, consumer math and finances just fine. Plus, his brain was kind of wired that way anyway. And his dad had lots of conversations. We'd had so many conversations on economics and stuff around the dinner table that, you know, he got it. But pretty much everybody else has done consumer math in high school. I wanted them to have exposure to that. And, you know, there's a uh, there's an organization called, Reme- I think it's called Remedia. They have, they call it, you know, it's supposedly remedial math, but I absolutely love it. I remember my friend Sarah introduced me to the Key 2 series, which is um, several workbooks and the um, sets of workbooks. So you've got your sets on fractions, decimals, percentages, addition, subtraction, multiplication, division. Those are the ones that if I had any doubts, if I knew there was a weakness with a, a child at this stage of the game around sixth or seventh grade, I would, if I said, oh, fractions are terrible, they're, they're not doing well with those, I would just grab that key to a series and have them go to it, through it to make sure that they'd mastered the basics. So by the time they get into high school, I feel like if they have mastered all the basics, um, you're good. They can always go on to higher level math if and when they want to. But I know you need credits for math in high school. So I would say consumer math, practical things like uh, business math. That's another option. But I wanted to tell you about that Remedia uh, place. They have these workbooks that just get right to the point when it comes to credit cards, taking out a mortgage, buying a car, having a bank account, all those things you really want to equip your kids with. But some of the curriculum out there has so many words And my boys don't do as well with words as the girls do. So I'm choosing things that are simpler and more straightforward because I want them to get it. It's more important to me that they master it um, than than that they have to read through all of this, you know, verbiage. Uh, The math series is called, there's a key to math series. And then the Remedia series um, is, I think it's Remedia.com. And it's, it's a consumer math series. So those are both excellent. Um, anyway, so essentially any kind of practical math, you know, she's not going to go to college, but she needs credits, you know, on her transcript for math. Um, those would be some good, good options. Uh, okay. Someone, she also said, I don't know if this is the same person, but I've been tempted by the private and charter school options where we're moving to. However, I don't want to lose what we have been able to build all these years. And I've had to lean into God, um, in asking whether he's leading me to do something different or is it just a temptation? And she's asking me this question, you know, is this just a temptation or is God leading me is what she's asking me. Then she goes on to say, I don't believe he is leading us to anything different at this time. So it sounds like she answered her own question, right? I can't tell you how God is leading you. Only you can know that. Um, And that's, you know, we've got to understand God's given us this instinct, this nurturing nature. Um, I would be uh, just careful that you're not holding them back um, as long, you know, as long as you're it, we're not being overly sentimental and we're actually doing what's best for the children, not what doesn't make us sad, <laughs> right? Because these years are not about us. They are about them and launching them into what God has for them. She's saying she can see the later high school years looking different for all three. And she's absolutely right about that. I think she's definitely on the right track. I feel like she, she knows she's got that intuition. You know, moms have this intuition. You just got to hone in on it. Um, she's, you know, saying there's going to probably be a running start. One will be at skill center and one will just be happy being home. What a great broad experience, broad experiences there. And I love, this is what I love about homeschooling is we can do that with our kids. They do not have to look cookie cutter. They can all look different. She says, how do you handle the different needs and paths of your multiple teens all at once? I just say one step at a time. Don't panic. You know, we don't want to do anything out of fear, right? Let your kids take some responsibility in the process they need to own it. Let it be a conversation between the two of you and maybe someone else that you respect who's um, older, who's further down the road. Um, So it's just, you know, 
you can't you can't eat the whole elephant at once, right? It's like when we started the homeschooling journey, we just take one year at a time. We're doing the same thing in the high school years. Although we do need to look at the the big picture, the last four years. It's not we're not looking at the K through twelve anymore. We're looking at the probably the ninth through twelfth, right? That's a shorter span. We're looking at certain certain credits that need to be met. Now, I personally just pulled up, you can pull up a blank transcript and fill it in and just go with, you know, what you believe is best for your children. That's that's a that's a that's a very free option. Or you can take a standard transcript and you can set up some goals for your kids and say, okay, this is a transcript that an average high schooler would do. Um, how do you want to meet these? these um, requirements. Let's talk about how you want to do that. Do you want to do a textbook? Do you want to do a course, a curriculum? Do you want to do this hands-on? Do you, you know, how do you want to do this? Do you want to do this like job shadowing or how do you want to do this? So these are just all of our options as homeschoolers. Um, Let's see. She's saying she feels like she's holding one or two back a little for the one who has more anxiety over school. Have you ever dealt with anyone who is more needy that way? Um, I just said, maybe it's time to separate what they're doing so that their learning can be more individualized. Or maybe that's on the horizon and you need to sort of prepare yourself for that. Like maybe it's not going to happen this next year, but the year after. But you, you're you right. You don't want to hold the other two back. And you can have that conversation with the other two if you want to. And if you feel like that's a, an okay thing to do and just say, hey, are you good with the way things are? Do you want to plow forward? Do you want to do, um, you know, how do you want to do this? Do you want to continue doing things the way we are? And the next year we'll, we'll, you know, you guys can do more separate. Um, again, it's a good, it's a good time to include them in that conversation. And the last question, oh, she says, how do you keep an unhurried approach while moving them towards their goals? Um, we always just try to keep a somewhat firm boundary of four hours of schoolwork max per day, uh, when it came to high schoolers. We wanted to make sure that they had time to process. They still have, you know, uh, they still had some time in the afternoons to pursue their goals and their interests and just to process their life and all of that. Um, But we also have to know that um, pursuing their goals is exciting to them and it can bring life to them as well. So we need to be, uh, we need to remember, we need to remember that. And then we also we need to we can also let them decide um whether or not they feel like they need that margin every day or not or maybe less of a margin they can make that decision um but we want to encourage them that they do need some time to themselves cuz some kids can get way over scheduled way over busy they just do this by nature and we have to be sort of like the voice of reason and encourage them to develop good habits because we want them to own their lives um, all right, last question. Oh, and also there could be seasons of busyness, but let's make sure that it, you know, like our kids took drama and for that season, for that play, you know, it was a couple of months, it was busy. And then we were done and we went back to a little more of a reasonable schedule. So um, that will happen in high school because we're, you know, we're giving them those experiences that we want them to have. Last question, in what areas are you still parenting where you should be coaching? How can you begin to transition to more consultation and fewer directives? And she was speaking about a 13-year-old child. Um, she says, I've been feeling this for some time, but do you have something that goes more into depth on this topic? I'd love to hear how this actually plays out in life or what this would actually look like. I think I've done some of that as I've answered the other questions, but it really starts with just being aware that it needs to start happening and be looking for opportunities to give them choices. Um, involve them in some of the decision-making in their education. Um, If there's a decision they can make, let them make it. And even if it's a decision you think they might, like I said before, not not make the greatest one, but it's not going to be, you know, it's not going to kill them or be overly harmful. They might actually learn something from it. You let them do it, right? You, You say yes as much as you can, okay? At this stage of the game, they should be getting up, um, on a daily basis and moving forward with their day without us as moms nagging them or having to remind them of every little thing. You know, a thing here and there is one thing, but if we're having to drive them all day long, that is something we don't want them to be doing. And so uh, we want them to start really owning their lives. And so we need to take steps to help make that 
happen. All right, so um, I am going to scroll through the questions really quickly to make sure I didn't miss any. What on earth do you do for a child that shows little to no interest in schools? Oldest son is almost 17. Planning school for him is extremely difficult. He gives you no help. Well, if he has an area of interest, I would just hone in on that area of interest and try to plan his schooling around that. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know if he has something he's super interested in, but um, it, it helps if we affirm that interest if it's a if it's a good one obviously playing video games is probably not the greatest thing to do but i would say that um even that there can be something to learn from that um there could be an opportunity to you know teach a younger child you know how to play the game better or whatever um so if you can include some of that sort of thing and compromise say look you need to have um there's a certain amount of you know requirements you need to make in order to to graduate from high school let's let's set reasonable goals and uh, let's talk about how to meet them and just continue to have that conversation i mean at this stage of the game it's 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 pretty late but i would keep trying and maybe ask him if he wants to go to trade school maybe there's something else he needs to be doing he needs to get to work maybe he needs to get a job um that's another really important factor i think especially for boys uh, my boys have loved to be employed early on okay Bianca says, what do you say to my mom who believes you can't have your homeschooled children graduate unless they go to high school? I would say she needs to research a little more because clearly she does not, she does not know the major success that homeschoolers have um, being homeschooled through high school. Have her read my book. I think that would be the best thing. The four-hour school day. Give it to her as a gift. Uh, we're about to start our second year of homeschooling. I'm already halfway through your book, and it has been such an encouragement to my heart and truly helped motivate me to get excited about educating my kids at home. So there you go. Uh, love your podcast. Let's see if there's another question in here. Good to see your smiling face. Uh, let's remember the culture tells our children and us that they need to know what they want to do by 18, and it's just not true. God may not reveal their future plans until later. It teaches us patience and to pray with our child. Absolutely. How do you deal with a seven-year-old not motivated to do school, uh, whining, et cetera? Should I give more chores to help discipline the whininess? Well, I would say um, if he's whining during chores, um, that that's where you need to start. It sounds like that's a, that would mean that it's a character issue and you need to work on character. It is worthwhile to set the, the school uh, work aside and simply work on character. I have taken entire days and said, all right, you guys are not, you, you people are not following through. You're not doing what I ask. You whine, you complain. Uh, so we're going to practice today. We're going to practice working, doing a good job, answering me without complaining, being respectful. And we're going to do this over and over and over again through the entire day until I can see that you're getting this. It's called a training session. So that's what I would suggest. Um, why is it so hard to allow ourselves to think outside the box? I know, right? But you know what? For the sake of our kids, we need to get our mama bear pants on and do it. Let's do it, okay? Your kids will thank you. And you're setting an example to them. You're telling them. I mean, do we need people to think outside the box in our culture? Absolutely. Then we need to set the example and model it for our kids. So uh, what about your own time with your own kids? What? I don't really know what, what that person is asking. Um, the biology program, I did repeat that. That was biology 101 or the 101 series has physics, biology, chemistry, and general science. So Sarah took a different approach. She did not make work punishment because then they never look forward to having a job. That was actually not our kids' experience. Um, I don't know why, but um, I typically would use uh, I would use chores sometimes, um, not as a punishment for schoolwork. That was not really a thing. Um, I wanted my kids to enjoy learning. Um, I also wanted them to learn to work hard. And um, so when they were not doing their chores well, and they were choosing to be whiny and choosing to be disrespectful. I used the chores as a means to teach them how to do that well. Um, 
Oh, yeah. She says she didn't use it for out and out punishment. Right. Um, you know, to me, I just felt like if you can't answer me and do, you know, be respectful, um, you, it, apparently you need practice, more practice. That's what I would tell them. I said, you're, you're not doing this well. Here's what's, what's not right. And uh, you, you need to practice. So we're going to practice. That's what we're doing. So it, it didn't really feel like punishment. It was more like this is practice because I'm not good at this. <laughs> Um, yeah, Laura says chores in her house and labor works well to snap her kids out of grumpy behavior. Um, yes, I love it. You're right, Sarah. I use it for practice and to communicate the goal. Excellent. Okay. Let's see if there's any more questions in here. Check in, check in, check in. Awesome. Yes. Great comments. Loving it. I love what you said, Sarah, maximizing communication, minimize guilt and misunderstanding. Um, and her kids separated at older ages as well due to very in, varied interests, right? That's absolutely right. Okay, so, um, all right. So, okay, so we have our winner of the book, signed copy of the four-hour school day is Musings of a Homeschool Mom. That's you. You are the winner. So message me, uh, DM me your address so I can send you the book. Um, I want you guys to not forget to subscribe to my website so you can uh, begin to participate in the mentoring that's happening there. I'm really excited about this. this is a it's kind of a recent occurrence. I realized I could not spread myself over so many platforms. So I've chosen to focus on the subscribers. So when you become a subscriber, uh, you get the podcast every week. You get a weekly video of encouragement, a devotional prayer from me, um, resources. And I'm very picky about my resources. If I share them there, it's because I really, really believe in them. You know, I'm not going to, it's not going to be a bunch of sales pitches. It's just going to be, these are options if you want to check them out. Um, and then once a month, we have a subscriber meeting. It's a Zoom live meeting. So people get to ask their questions and other moms are there. The last meeting was just amazing. Everyone encouraging each other. It was a great great group of moms. So I would encourage you to subscribe to DorendaWilson.com and uh, check out the podcast too, the Dorenda Wilson podcast. You guys, thank you so much for being here. Um, I'm, I'm thankful for all of you. I hope you have a great rest of the week and we will talk soon. Go check out the four hour school day. <laughs>